I love that. Through the storm, he is what Lord of all. My question for you today is, have you ever felt like you've lost control? Or you've ever like been just spinning where there's so much going on in your life or you've been in a situation where you do not know what to do, that you just lose it? I put my son in this situation about a year ago on purpose. We were at Disneyland, and we go to the Guardians of the Galaxy new ride. And Judah was four years old, and he loved Guardians of the Galaxy. And the new ride at Disneyland was the, an old ride that they redid. It's, it used to be called the Tower of Terror. And so I was like, yeah, my four-year-old can handle that. So we walked up, and, uh, you know, he, he walked up to the little measuring stick, and I was like, what you want to do is make sure that you get your back really straight. And, you know, I, like, pushed his hair up as high as it could, and I think he was a centimeter tall enough. And so we get on, in line, and he's really excited. And, and I didn't know if it was going to be the same ride, but about 20 seconds into the ride, I realized it was the same ride, just different themed. And it goes up about 20 stories high, and it just drops. And then it takes you up and drops, and Judah just loses it, just screams, is crying, crying, crying. He was out of control. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Where you're just, you just want to scream. Life is out of control. And you know, for most of us, what we love in life is to be in control. America, we love control over things. Think about it. We love Netflix because no longer do you have to waste your time with commercials. And and you can pick exactly what you want to watch. When my kids see a commercial, they freak out now. They're like, what is this thing? I don't know what a commercial is anymore. And we love Chipotle. Why do we love Chipotle? No one will tell me what I can put in my food. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell them what's going to be in my food. I don't want you to make my food. I'll tell you how many beans I want in my burrito, right? It's just we love control. Uh, we hate when we lose control, though. We hate when the stock market crashes or when the housing market crashes or when your tax bracket changes. We love control. Yet I don't know about you, but my life is very unpredictable, and I don't feel like I have as much control as I want most of the time. Have you felt this before? Maybe you're like me and you feel it currently, where your life feels like it's just kind of spinning. It's going out of control. For some of you in here today, you might be going, my life's out of control. I, I wanted that promotion. I did everything. I worked so hard and now I did not get it. Or for some of you, your friends started dating the girl you like and your heart is broken. You go, I don't know what to do anymore. Or for some of you, you made a mistake last night. And you regret it and you go, oh, why did I do that? My life is out of control. For some of you, your young parents and your kids are crying night in and night out and you think you're going crazy. You feel like, how can we keep going on this path? Or for some of you, you might have grown kids and you go, they keep making mistake after mistake after mistake and and you just feel like you can't control the situation. Or for some of you, you may have been diagnosed with a disease or there's a hardship in your family and you're going, I... I don't have any hope. I don't, I, how do I control this? For some of you, maybe you lost a friend that betrayed you. I don't know about you, but what is, how is your life spinning? Is there something that is out of control that you feel right now? And life is like this. It's not about if it will happen. It's when it's going to happen. We all go through these times where life just feels like we try to do everything we can, but we can't control it. Today we're going to talk about overcoming the need for control and how when you overcome control in your life, you actually gain 
hope that the scriptures say when we release control of our life, actually God will give us a hope unlike any other. The text that we're going to be in today is Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. It'll be on the screen or you can also turn there. Or if you have the Bible app, it's on there as well under our events. It says this, that so by, by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for a refuge, we might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. There's some things that are unchangeable about God. God, he will never lie. He will never lie. And this is what he says. It's like, if you want a strong hope, you flee to a refuge. And there's a strong encouragement, and you hold fast to it, and there is a hope that we as followers of Christ can have. It is amazing. That word refuge, actually in the Greek language, all it means is to flee for protection. A refuge is something that you go to for safety, shelter when you're being pursued, when you're in trouble, when you're in danger. A refuge is something that you find your protection in. When life is out of control, what do we need? A refuge. We need protection. We need help. When we're in danger, when we're in trouble, we need a refuge. I grew up in Oklahoma, and we have hail in Colorado, but Oklahoma's got real hail. Like in tornadoes, they had 106 tornadoes already from the city I'm in already this year. But it's crazy right now. But I remember one day I was hiking in the woods with my dad, and it was April, and all of a sudden a huge lightning storm came in. And the hail started to come down. It was like little pebbles for a minute, and then it got bigger and bigger. And my dad and I, we, it's scary when you're out in a huge hail storm. The hail was dropping to golf ball-sized hail. You get hit in the head with one of those, it's pretty miserable. So what do you do? We ran to the biggest tree with the biggest amount of branches. It was this big cedar bush, and we just hunkered under until it passed. See, when danger comes, when trouble comes, you need a refuge to protect you you need a refuge to protect you and it says in the scripture it says that when we have this refuge we have a hope we have a strong encouragement to hold fast to this hope that is set before us see when we make jesus our refuge there is a hope here's my problem in life and i i bet it's your problem in life is that we typically don't go to Jesus as our refuge a lot of the times. We typically go to other things, things that are like fake refuges. The problem in life is there's a lot of fake refuge out there that you can run to. There's a lot of places that you can run to, and most of them have the appearance of protection, but they won't last if it gets really bad. So it can be good in a little storm, but when the storm gets really bad, can your refuge hold up? It's like a tree in a tent. If a big hailstorm comes through, do you want to be in the tent or do you want to be under the big tree? You want to be under the big tree. The tent will get destroyed because in about 20 miles an hour wind and little pebble, pebble hail, it'll be okay. But as the storm increases and the hail gets bigger, you need a refuge that will protect you. A refuge that you can hold on to. In life, I think there are a lot of refuges that we run to to protect us. When we need hope, when life is spinning out of control, there are lots of things that we run to to find fulfillment, to find purpose, to find hope. I just thought of some fake refuges in my life and fake refuges that I see in people's life. I think people, a lot of times when they need hope, they go binge on TV. It's like, I'm going to watch a lot of TV right now. That, that'll give me hope. But 
it's fake. It doesn't last. It doesn't give you hope forever. It's like after the season's done, you're kind of like, well, I don't have any show to watch now. What do I do now? You, it's, it's a fake refuge. Or, or your work emails. A lot of people can get just so addicted to, okay, what's next at work? Next at work? What's next at work? And we all know that. That leaves us empty and dry. For some people, it could be kids' sports. If you're here and you don't know who you are, you're the ones that are yelling at the refs all the time. Uh, that was me last year in our basketball league. I won't mention that. It's a little embarrassing. But uh, foul. Come on. Call a foul. Anyway. You can find fake refuge in a lot of things, protection, things to bring you hope, your kids' academic success. There's lots of things. There's things that are good, and there's things that we know are wrong. We know that we can find refuge in pornography, addictions, Vicodin, Xbox, anything to numb your life. You can find refuge, and you can find it in your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed, your news feed. You can go to those things to bring hope in your life, to make them feel like it's going to give you something, something of substance. But what does it do? It leaves you empty. People can go to vacation, the next housing project, shopping, eating, friends, all these things. Some are good, some are bad. Our fake refuge when we compare it to Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus is our true refuge. That he is the refuge that we can put our hope in. But if he's the refuge we can put our hope in, why do we typically run to other places? Why do we go to other refuges? I think we do this because what I've seen in my own life is I run to the closest thing that I can find. When I'm in trouble and my life is spinning, I typically run to the closest thing I can find. And most people don't think that Jesus is that close. For me, running to a refuge is okay, my, I'm, kinda, I'm struggling right now, I have a lot of anxiety, I'm going to pull out my cell phone. It's, it's a pretty close refuge, you know, it's right there. And I can just get lost in whatever I want. But Jesus says he's the ultimate refuge, so why do people not run to him? I think they do not run to him because they don't think he's tangible like all the other refuges. They don't see him as real, they don't see him as close. But I want to give you a truth, and I think this is where the hope is today, where you can find hope in your control, is that Jesus is only an arm reach away. Jesus is only an arm reach away as a refuge. If you want safety, if you want hope, you can put your hope in everything else. But Jesus says he's only an arm reach away. We see this throughout the scriptures that he is close, that we can have a relationship with him. I think of Matthew 9. There was a woman and she had been bleeding, struggling for 12 years. She spent all her money going to doctor after doctor after doctor and she was hopeless her life was spinning it was out of control and she could not control it anymore and she heard jesus was in town and she saw jesus walk in and you know what she did she goes i'm gonna walk right over to him and if i could just what touch if i could reach out and grab his cloak i'd be restored i'd be healed did you know in your life that Jesus is just like that for all of us? All we have to do is he's just an arm reach away. All you do is grab onto him. He is not far to hold his protection and his peace. He is the ultimate refuge for our life. In my life, I saw this when I was 20 years old. I was, my life was spinning. And I was going to all the other things that I thought would bring me hope, joy. And it didn't work. I remember just reaching out to Jesus. I need you. I trust you. I want you. Since that moment, my life has ever 
been changed. If you've done that before, you know it. Your life is forever changed. Jesus is a refuge that you can trust. And he has an oath. It doesn't change. He does not lie. He is a refuge for safety. See, a refuge will provide safety. But what are the, what's it providing safety from? Fear. Pain. When you're in the troubles of life, when life is spinning, my typical response is anxiety and fear. I don't know about you. It's, it's just fearful. It's, it's like this. When I was uh, in high school, I went with my dad on a marlin fishing trip out of Cabo. And we got on this boat. It was about 30 feet long. And uh, I, I, had, I think I took a little bit of Dramamine, but not like the full dosage because I'm a man. You know, <laughs> it's just like, and so we get on this boat and all of a sudden the storms just come in. And it is the biggest waves I have ever been on in, in the Pacific Ocean. This boat's prop, we would go up and over the wave, and the prop would come out of the water. I lost my Teddy Grahams that day and have not eaten them since. But in that moment, I was so nervous for my life. When a storm on the sea comes up like that, you go, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I, I, I have the shelter to hold me in. See, life is a raging sea, isn't it? Life's a raging sea. It keeps it interesting, though. (laughs) Life is a raging, raging sea. When life is raging and you have a fake refuge, it fails. It won't hold up anymore. What if Jesus is the refuge that won't fail, that will give you hope, that will give you peace? We'll continue on in Hebrews 6. It goes on from 18 to 19. It says this, We have this sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the place behind the curtain where Jesus is gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. See, here's the thing is, there, we have a steady, a sure, a steadfast anchor is what Jesus is called. That when the storms of life, when the craziness of life, when your life feels like it's out of control, Jesus goes, I am the anchor that is sure. Then it goes, It's a hope that enters where? Into the inner place behind the curtain. What this means is that Jesus, when he came to earth, he lived a perfect life. He didn't live a perfect life so that you knew how to live a perfect life. He lived a perfect life so that, because he knew you couldn't live the perfect life. You couldn't do it on your own. And so he lives this perfect life, is God, and when he dies and is resurrected, there once was a barrier in the Old Testament between man and God. And, And every year, A priest would go into the Holy of Holies behind this curtain and they would sacrifice for the people to have a relationship, a connection, forgiveness of sin to God. When Jesus came on the scene with his life, his death, and his resurrection, he went behind the curtain. He tore the curtain, it actually says. He tore the curtain between God and man so that we might not no longer have to make these sin offerings, but we might have a relationship with him. See, Jesus is an anchor that is sure and steadfast. And he goes, I'm going to tear the curtain between you and God so that you can have a relationship. And lastly, it says, where Jesus has gone is a forerunner. What's that mean? Jesus has gone is a forerunner. It's kind of like this. 
sweet, I got an anchor. That's what that is, people. Uh, anchor. So Jesus says he's the anchor of our soul. And what Jesus is a forerunner means is that in the Mediterranean, Jesus, in Mediterranean during Jesus' time, the ports were not big ports. Ships could not go into them easily. They, were, they would build them with rocks, and they would wait for the tide to go down. And what they would do is these big ships would either tie this rope or anchor to a slave, and they would jump into the ocean. They would go through the waves, the, all the storm, and they would go into the, the harbor where it was safe, and they would place an anchor to like a pulley system. Or if the ship was a little bit higher in class, they would have an actual small ship that they would like place the anchor in, and then they would send it out, and they would send it into the harbor. So what's it saying? It's saying that Jesus actually comes, and he places the anchor in the harbor, and he brings it back, and he places it at the ship. See, Jesus goes through the storm for you. It says that Jesus was tempted, he suffered, he went through everything that we have gone through. As your life is spinning, Jesus felt that. He knew the pain. He knew the pain of loss. He knew the pain of hurt. He knew the pain of death. He knew all of those things. And he goes, I'm going to go ahead before you. You can't do it on your own. I am going to go as the forerunner. And I am going to go to God. And I'm going to place the anchor in harbor so that you might have a connection to me. Jesus is the anchor to our soul. If you want to overcome this control in your life, if you ever feel like your life is spinning and you want hope, I want to give you three ways that you can make Jesus your refuge. How, what it looks like to anchor your soul to Jesus. So the first thing you can do is this. You can take the rope and you secure the rope. Secure the rope. So if you want to overcome control in your life, you need to secure the rope. See, Jesus went ahead and he asked you, do you, I, I, lay the, I lay the rope at your feet, but you have to attach your ship to the rope. You have to go, I want to put my trust and my faith in this anchor above any other anchor. I want to make Jesus Lord over my life. If you want to overcome this control in your life, I want to ask you, have you ever made the decision to turn from living for yourself to trusting all the other things that life has to offer and trusting that Jesus is the only way, that he can be the anchor of your soul. You have to secure the rope. For some of you in here, you may have thought for a lot of your life, you're like, oh, I know God's good. I, I, I kind of believe in him. It's not about belief. I can believe that anchor is going to hold. It's about trust. And it's about, I'm tying myself, I'm like, no matter what, I'm anchored here. This is, I'm not going anywhere else, I'm anchored here. Have you made that decision to trust Christ? Secondly, after you anchor and you secure the rope, once it's secured, the next step, it's, it doesn't make you a follower of Jesus, but it's the first step of obedience. What Josh talked about is baptism. We take this step of baptism where we go, I'm identifying, I'm publicly proclaiming that I am a follower of Jesus. Here's why we get baptized. It's the same reason why I go, Molly is my wife. We got married. I'm proud of her. I wear a ring because I'm, I'm public about it. When Jesus becomes the anchor to your soul, you know what you do? You go public. You go, I, I'm in. I, he is the one that I am going to trust. So the first way to overcome control in your life has got to be 
secure the rope. The next thing is don't pull against the rope. Number two is don't pull against the rope. So you're a follower of Jesus. You've trusted him. You've secured your anchor. You're in. You have this relationship with him. Here's what I see in my own life and what I tend to do is I kind of like I'm okay with the rope until the storm gets really bad and my life is really out of control. And I'm like, are you sure this thing's going to work? Like, I don't know about this anymore. And so here's what I typically do. I go back to my own little anchor. You guys see that little anchor here? I go back to my own little anchor. I'm like, okay, I know I have an anchor to my soul. I know Jesus is real, but like those other refuges that I started, that I know that aren't really going to hold in a storm, I kind of start like, throwing them out and like maybe this will stop me from rocking back and forth maybe this and how ridiculous is this it will not hold to anything it will not do anything it's it's not big enough but i don't know about you but i go back to these fake refuges all the time and i go oh that'll anchor my soul in a storm and i don't trust that jesus is my anchor and here's what happens when you anchor to a different refuge you start pulling against the rope and you start pulling this way and it can hold for maybe a second or two. But all of a sudden it creates what? A tension. And I think this is where a lot of us live is we feel a tension between God. We feel an anxiety between God. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer, present your request to God and your heart will be guarded by the peace of God. When I hear that verse, when people, when preachers preach that, I'm like, don't be anxious about anything. You don't know my life. So we're anxious. How do you not be anxious about anything? Scriptures say by prayer, by petition, by God's peace coming on to you. And I think most of us, we have tension in our life because we're holding on to a fake anchor and it's causing us not to put our full trust. We're just, we're kind of like, maybe this will bring us hope. For me and probably for a lot of us, Is there an anchor, a small little refuge, an untrusted anchor that you need to cut off, that you need to give up, that you need to go, I'm not relying on that anymore to be an anchor to my soul. For some of you, it might need to be throw those pills down the sink. For some of you, you got to go, I'm not going to trust in my 401k anymore. For some of you, it goes, when you wake up in the morning, instead of looking at Instagram or Facebook, it's going, I need to read the scriptures. Or instead of, getting all worried in my life. I need to seek him in prayer. What is the refuge you need to cut loose from your life? You need to secure the rope. We can't pull against the rope. And lastly, you have to trust the rope. You got to trust it. See, you got to seek his comfort when the storms comes. I know there's, in a crowd like this, there's a lot of storms right now. And it can feel out of control. But you need to trust that his anchor is what is best. And only in a storm can an anchor be tested. Say that again. Only in the storm the anchor can be tested. You really see if you trust the rope when life spins, when life is out of control. And what it means to trust, we see it in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
with everything inside of you. You've got to trust God. And you've got to lean not on your own understanding. Because when storms of life happen, when life is spinning, don't you start asking yourself, why, God? Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? What, like, I, what did I do to deserve this? You lean not on your own understanding. You've got to believe that God has what he has for you. In all your ways, you've got to submit to him. You go, I'm following Jesus. You submit your life. You submit it in obedience. You submit it to his word. You're not perfect, but you go, I'm going to submit under him, even though I don't understand why this is happening to me. And what? He'll make your path straight. Have you ever gone through a storm in life and like three months later, you look back on it and you go, huh, that's why God done it a lot. Doesn't make sense while you're in it. It doesn't make sense that all the things are happening, but you go, you look back and you go, that's why you were doing it the whole time is you, you trust the rope. He makes your path straight. Have you lost hope? You feel like the storms are going. You feel like you're going to drown. You feel pain. You feel sorrow. Here's the thing. Is that you're not going under. This is safe and secure. There is nothing more safe and secure in the entire world other than Jesus. Jesus is the most safe anchor that you can have. You're not going under. You're not going under. The storm is not going to take you out. You are going to be fine. Have you ever flown into DIA airport? I love flying in and watching people that haven't flown in because there's always turbulence. And people freak out a little bit because they're like, oh, we're going down. You're not going down. You are not going down. And here's the thing. I've been at a time in my life, even recently, where I feel like I'm in a storm in my life, and I'm just holding on as tight as I can. And I don't know if I can make it anymore. I mean, I know Jesus is the anchor. I'm not even trying to pull against him. I, I'm just tired of holding on. And I'm trusting the rope. Do you, have you felt this? And then all of a sudden, you're just like, God, I don't have any more energy to hold on to this rope. I can't do it anymore. Here's the thing. Once the rope's secure... It's not about you holding on to him. He's holding on to you. It's not about what you're doing. It's not about all the things you need to do. He goes, I got you. I'm a good father. You're safe and secure. I'm pulling you homeward. I'm pulling you to eternity with me. And I know it's going to be hard, but it is okay. I got you. I got you. See, when uh, Judah was in that elevator, and he was screaming like crazy. You know what I did? I was sitting right next to him. And I put my arm right around Judah. And I go, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. It's only a little bit longer. And we will be done. God is putting his arm around you. And he goes, you don't have to hold on. I, I got you. But it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this together. I got you. I am safe and secure. I will be your savior. I will be your help. I will be your hope. You don't have to control it anymore. You can overcome it, and I will give you peace. We have an anchor to our soul that brings us hope. And he's not just giving us hope for eternity. He gives us hope every day. We just trust him in it. We trust the rope day in and day out. We'll be with him for eternity. If you want this hope in your life, you have to secure the rope. You can't pull against it, and you just got to trust it. 
And you've got to trust that everything will be okay. That he has come to overcome your comfort and control and give you peace. Will you bow with me and we'll pray? I know there might be a few people in here that have never made the decision to secure the rope. What securing the rope means is it actually means turning and trusting. It means taking your, your life from going, I'm living my life for myself and my own sin and my own ways and trusting that Jesus is who he said he was. That Jesus came to have life and life everlasting and to give it to you. And I just want to ask if there's someone in here today that's never made that decision, that you go, you know, I've never truly secured the rope. I've never made Jesus Lord and King over my life. What it says in the scriptures is that all we have to do is we have to repent and believe. We just have to say, I can't do it anymore, God. I need you. I need your help. And I want to trust you with my life. I want to ask with every head bow, every eye closed, if you're here today, And you're like, you know what? I need to make that decision for the first time to secure my anchor, to secure my ship to Jesus' anchor, to make him Lord over my life. If that's you, if you just slip up your hand and look at me, I'd love to know who you are and just pray for you. Thank you. That's awesome. Praise God. I'm going to pray for you really quick. Lord, we just thank you that you bring life and that you bring fullness, and you want to change our life, God, and that you give us hope. And Lord, we know that if we just repent of our sin, and we believe that we will have life everlasting. God, I pray that each person that is making that decision, that they would realize it's not about the words said, but it's their heart. That they would turn, and they would trust, and they would seek you, and they would realize that you got them where you want them. Secondly, if there's anyone in here today that you, you identified with, you know, a lot of my life I have a fake refuge that I, I tend to pull against God with, that, that I know I need to just cut loose of, that I need to give over to God. I would ask you also to make a commitment before God. You go, what is that refuge and how do I need to cut loose of it? How do I need to get rid of it? Maybe it's giving me the anxiety. It, again, with every eye closed, if that's you, just lift up your hand. I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just pray that you would be our refuge, that we would give control to you. God, that we would trust the rope and believe that, Jesus, you secured it, that you're behind the veil. And when the storms of life come, that we might have a deep trust in you, God. As we close in worship and we sing this song, Lord, we we lift our praises to you because, God, you are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are the one that controls everything, and we give our control over to you. We love you in your son's name.